Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have an amazing guest for you guys today. For you guys, for the ET contact, all my supporters who are uh, contactees, experiencers, you guys are going to be really interested in this episode. I have with me Ryan Stacy. He's a private investigator, a citizen journalist, and an active can Canadian disclosure ufologist. He's really pushing for disclosure. Um, he is also a private paranormal and psychogenic investigator, creator of the Ultra Spectrum Classification System under the Experiencers Support Association. He started an organization called TESA, and he's done some really serious research on, on contact and abductions because um, he's actually had a chance to sit down and talk with Richard Dolan, which is pretty amazing in my mind. He, that if he was able to sit with Richard Dolan, then you know, obviously he's very well researched in this in this community. So I, I'll give him much credit right off the bat, not even knowing him. And I, you know, but um, I want to welcome him to the show and a big round warm welcome to Ryan Stacy. Ryan, thank you for joining me. How are you? I, I am good. Thank you for having me. And I, I will I will confess that like sitting down with with Richard and and talking uh, with him is one thing. He 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 is the one who gave me the opportunity uh, to be in this circle. So he 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 scooped me up uh, out of uh, the MUFON circle in which I was in, and and let me be heard on his podcast uh, on KGR Radio. And uh, that was many years ago. Um, but ever since then, I have not been able to get a hold of Richard. So so everything in between, um, you know, has been me, but inspired by Richard himself. Because uh, he gave me the opportunity, and I'm giving the opportunity to others now today this, as well. So, and and, and Richard ha has that reputation among him to take small, upcoming people that have potential and and boost them, and then it's up to them to to get here. So to hear that, and to actually realize that I am still here doing that. So I'll say thanks, Rich, if you ever hear, if you're ever listening to this. Um, how did you get started? Are you an experiencer yourself or did you just like, were you just really interested in like the abduction phenomena or so when I got, when I got started, I did not have an experience. I have not, uh, I have what's considered to be, according to the people I've been talking to a psychogenic or uh, download type experience, um, that happened in 2008. I believe uh, it's still being investigated. It just fits in that category. I, I don't know if it's extraterrestrial or, or my higher consciousness or, or just imaginary or, or something like that creative elements. I don't know. I'm still looking and exploring it, but by definition, even though I'm categorizing things for other experiencers, I fit in that category. So I, you know, I do identify uh, technically as an experiencer because I've experienced something, but when I started this, this I didn't I had no experience um, a private investigator I was hired to um, uh, to locate someone who was in uh, allegedly missing or abducted by aliens and and turns out that uh, through my research that they just joined Scientology and didn't come home um, and in order to yeah so I mean it's in that circle right it's in that it's in that that mixture of things so I can understand how the family member concluded that it uh, it was a, so that association something different maybe connected we don't know um, but anyway so by locating him um, I had to join these 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 groups these little uh, networks in these communities and just watch and observe until the name popped up and uh, and then then trace that and then find them so I still hung out in those groups, uh, UFO and paranormal groups. And then eventually I got a report about uh, a potential uh, fraud. Someone uh, had believed that they had been scammed on the purchase of a manual uh, from MUFON. And I, I piped in and let them know the criminal activity behind that and asked if I could help mediate. And I did. Uh, and then when I mediated and I'm finding out it was just a logistics thing because America shipping to Canada. So I am Canadian. Uh, and, and, uh, and then that's how I got connected with MUFON Canada. And then we had a conversation about, well, hey, you're a real deal investigator. And then it was like, what do you think about UFOs? And I said, aren't those like government machines that they're hiding from us? And then, you know, that was 2015. So six years later, I still think the same. Um, but there's a bunch of other things too. So that's kind of how that started. But I was all but I was always interested in paranormal. So ghosts and EVPs and, and energy and things like that. Consciousness, I'm starting to learn about through my own experience. I'm starting to understand through application, the meditation, things like that too. 
um, on how it applies. So when I got to Richard at that point, I was um, already the chief investigator for uh, MUFON Ontario. I was the, actually, I was the assistant. No, at that time, I would have been the national chief investigator for MUFON Canada. And I had just uh, finished being the national uh, field investigator, international field investigator trainer for MUFON National or international. So I was responsible for teaching uh, field investigators how to uh, investigate the phenomenon for UFOs. So at that point, uh, it was a lot of internal work. And then Richard, I met Richard at uh, Alien Cosmic Expo here in Ontario. Um, I think, I don't know what year that was. And we had conversations and, and then, you know, private conversations, serious conversations. And then we kept going back and forth between that whole, like, hey, you're not just a fan. Hey, you're not just an enthusiast. You actually might know a thing or two. What is your opinion? So we started having professional conversations. Uh, and then from there, uh, you know, we got a little, a little too comfortable uh, and, and his wife put him to bed because uh, we were drinking. Uh, and, uh, and then from there, um, we just kind of kept close until he got me on his podcast and they gave me the opportunity on his podcast or radio show, pardon me. And then I've been on my own ever since. So, so, and, and then with that, um, I end up eventually leaving MUFON um, due to um, a combination of drama and things like that. I was forced out uh, simply because I, uh, I put on my investigator cap and I chose, um, I chose the law over uh, ufology and I made a, I made a report to uh, some police agencies that ultimately led to some arrests. Um, and I got a lot of turmoil from that. So I've been independent, um, but then I created the Experiencer Support Association simply because um, a, it was, it was an, a, based on an idea that I wanted to enhance MUFON with, but they didn't take the opportunity, rightfully so, because there was some drama that was indirectly uh, thrown in the mix. Um, but at the same time, uh, an evolutionary challenge that, that they couldn't adopt a new idea into something that already existed. So I created, uh, I had this idea, but I didn't have a name for it. And out of the stress that of leaving MUFON, which I was kind of, I was, I was ghosted and I was forced, I was removed because I did nothing wrong. I just, I just reported a crime internally and that destroyed the organization. So, so it, it was an ethical thing. And I ended up getting forced out of the organization um, by a bylaw that said that that took them six months to realize that they can remove me for any reason without saying a reason. And once they found that they removed me because of that. And then I was on a non-disclosure for a while and then blah, 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 this and that. So the, the pain that came out of that was not being able to help um, the, the people that I helped when I was with MUFON. Now, MUFON is siloed for UFOs and UFOs only. Uh, they, they do not handle abductions well. They do not handle paranormal. They do not handle cryptids. They do not handle consciousness. It's just, it's just UFOs. So in my career, uh, I've always encountered a bunch of experiences that, that fit in those other categories through MUFON, but MUFON didn't do anything with it. They just, the instructions were to delete them or, or get rid of them or ignore them. I always had trouble with that because these people's perception of what MUFON was through marketing and stuff was someone that could help them. So they were reporting, thinking they were going to get help, but they weren't getting these helps and not knowing none the wiser that things were being deleted or, or funneled or passed off to other organizations without their consent. So, so by cre on that pretext, I wanted to create some sort of an organization that, that helped experiencers or witnesses at the, you know, uh, that, could understand the processes of this, understand everything that's going on and understand how it's all connected. So the other part that was issue is, is with MUFON trying to be science-based or, or perceived as science-based. And we have us investigators doing the work. There was no scientific method that was really being used, even though they talked about it. There was no data sets. There was nothing like that. So I provided a lot of research doing that as well to assist here in MUFON Canada, which, which contradicted what they were doing, which was making a book to, to make some money, there's a bunch of, bunch of drama there, but anyways, now that I'm in this position here, it's focused, dedicated on putting the experiencer first. So, so because the, without the experiencer coming forward, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing. I wouldn't be able to talk about anything with you. I wouldn't have any information. And just like Richard Dolan, if he wasn't, uh, if he didn't give me the opportunity to be heard, 
uh, you know, that momentum uh, wouldn't have existed uh, in because in, I was in such a such a small circle. Uh, and I still am in small circles. Um, so that was just kind of the whole idea of paying it forward and taking care of each other. And that kind of expanded. Now, the name uh, came from this this vision download type uh, image that I received uh, through this stressful time. So that's why I don't know if it was just me compartmentalizing or me processing the stress of being kicked out of this for the wrongful reasons because I stood up for what I believed in and human rights and all this other stuff. Uh, and then not being able to take care of these people and how do I continue moving forward and all these other things. And then I got this, this idea, this vision of this, 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 what we call the map, which is intricate ge geometric shapes and things like that, that was that later um, through that we're still trying to understand what it means because I haven't had any, any, any event like that since, but we're trying to interpret um, the, the, I guess the vision quote unquote, um, and through that, the characters T E S A were were on it in a in a circular format. And I had already had the idea of supporting experiencers, and I was like, I need an alliance. And then I was like, experiencer support alliance. So I was playing around with those letters, and eventually the experiencer support association came out. That that fell, uh, that sat, and that felt good. Uh, and then Tessa, and that was that was drawn from this vision, from this map. So I kind of just been working at looking at this map looking at the symbols looking at the symbolism that's there the colors they all have meaning um that wasn't presented to me at the time and then just based on those meanings i reflect and then i make changes and i and i and i uh built this 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 alliance this association that yeah. is designed to bring everyone together I, I think it's important. I think I think with the experiencer, I think I'm, I want to just commend you because I think like supporting the experiencer is like one of the most important things we can do right now, right? I mean, like I don't have any experiences, but I have a lot of experiencers on my show. Like some, you know, like some of the people like got their first like like first start on my show you know like um and 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 I I I take pride in like letting people like tell their story because like you know like you know i i don't want to be too skeptical my name is typical skeptic on youtube and i don't want to be mm -hmm. too skeptical about things like I, I like to be open-minded but here's my question um i'd like to hear what you think about like what's going on in the ufology slash like paranormal field because like okay obviously there's ghosts and cryptids and all this stuff but when it comes to ufos there's obviously abductions going on but you said you, you might think that ufos are government um you know, all government machines, but um, so that, that makes me think, do you think the aliens are coming interdimensionally? And then on top of that, some of these UFOs, like I've had people come on my show and tell me that they're doing like 5,000 Gs where like, mm -hmm. you know, one of our, like a US fighter jet can go like maybe 10 Gs or 20 Gs. So I, I understand we could have reverse engineered craft, but do you think it's to the point of like where they're at, or do you think some of those you, so I guess my experience, my questions are, what's your thoughts on what's going on with all this abduction and stuff? And then what do you think the, the, the nuts and bolts things are? Do you think there are some craft that are alien or, sorry, that was a lot. Yeah, no, it's okay. So, so, uh, and you might be disappointed with my answer, but the, yeah, I'll, I'll frame this properly. So I've, I've investigated the phenomenon, uh, since 2015, I've cleared over, uh, almost 1200 cases. I mean, anywhere between 1200 to 1500, I have to firm that number up. I'm not quite sure. Uh, cause I'm still adding on my move on cases that were deleted. Um, the, I, I, I work with experiencers and the witnesses and, and all phenomenons and understanding evidence and collecting it. And I will work on disclosure stuff and reviewing the information as it's presented. I've talked to a lot of people that are heavily involved and I've watched and studied the people. And by studying the people and understanding their behaviors and why they retaliate and why they reconcile, why they do all these other things, I absolutely have no clue what is going on because <laughs> because my my everything leads to not aliens and not ufos it leads to humans it leads to uh mental health it leads to social uh issues it leads to rebellion and retaliation and and anger uh so there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of that in this in this stuff 
And that's because there's misunderstanding, misconceptions, uh, misinterpretations, uh, emotions flying because of this lack of belief uh, and, and between the science community and the experiencer community, and then the lack of knowing a validation from the government. So there's a lot of there's a lot of speculation going on within the communities because we don't have answers. So, so the evidence shows that we, we uh, at least up till now, that the United States government is aware of the potential of it being something extraterrestrial. Um, however, it hasn't been confirmed or denied whether it is or whether it isn't. So it's being looked into. So that on its own um, is better than what we've had. But then yeah. that kind of is prepping that, you know, it, 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 a lot of people are thinking, well, therefore, disclosure is coming uh, and we're going to get the answers and all this stuff is real. And then there's other people saying, oh, no, they're going to cover it up. But then I walk the middle line when I look at the evidence and things that maybe they're just all I see is them uh, is this is a business that that was made aware of uh, a data leak. Um, and they're now doing whatever they can in their power to, to show the public that they're taking it seriously. And then they're looking into it. And then if, and by looking into it, if they come back and give us a report and say, no, no, you know, it's all known, uh, known things, then we kind of move forward, but then you're still going to have that, that group of people that believe that to be a lie, uh, and a group of people, um, that just won't accept it and fight and rebel against that because the government has made mistakes in the past and they have lied about other things. And, and so there's really, it's really hard um, to get a definitive answer. And now if they do say yes, that UFOs exist, that's a loaded yes, because that would have to mean that the extraterrestrials possibly exist. And then those who are affected by the phenomenon abductions and all that other stuff, uh, even paranormal side, that would have to be true because you can't say yes to one and not the others. So, so we might be in a position where, where UFO extraterrestrial UFOs do exist. However, there's not enough, the world isn't ready enough to also uh, be prepped for, for, you know, Bigfoot and, and uh, ghosts and extraterrestrials and beings. Those are whole other, whole other levels. So, so, so it's plausible that they may, you know, not release that information yet but then at the same time they learn how the people are and how the people are able to get the information out there because the bigger problem is is that the government doesn't have control of the people because of social media and all these other things and there's other social issues so there's a lot of there's a lot of the government taking back but some people see that as uh suppression and, and our freedoms and all this other stuff and then it's like it's regulating it's controlling it because it's been uh, a schoolyard for so long so in the mix of all that pandemic included you know there is this need uh for them to clean up everything on the administrative front and then we can kind of move forward in the new direction once everybody stops fighting with each other or hating each other. And that's and as a big if, right? I mean, like, it seems like we're in, like, I mean, here in the States, it's like, it's crazy. People are fighting over race. They're fighting over politics. Yeah. Politics is a huge one. I say, like, I don't trust any politician. I really don't. I don't think any of them have our best interests in mind. I thought maybe Trump for a little bit, but then I found out about Cambridge Analytica and a lot mm -hmm. of other stuff. And I was like, you know what? I don't even, I didn't even want to look into it. Like, I don't even like covering politics on my show because like, I want people to, you know, come to my show for, you know, paranormal UFOs, um, everything, you know, uh, out of body experiences, near death experiences. I interview people on all that, you know what I mean? Anunnaki, mm -hmm. I have an Anunnaki t-shirt on all, all that stuff. I like to talk about, you know, I, I, I try to keep politics out of it, but you're definitely right. We're in a place where like, where everybody is fighting with each other. And I don't know, I've talked about it on the past. Like how, I, I'm one of the people like you who want to get people together. Like, I don't know how we get people past this because you, there could be other in countries like looking at this and looking at it as like a downfall because your country is like friends with my country so like you know like they well if if we just compare countries so i'm you're american i assume yes yeah, I'm yeah so 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 if we look at how our country is treating uh the united states is is, is our, our country doesn't care like they, they don't comment on it and uh, we've gotten a statement saying that they will not comment on anything that's not credible or 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 um 
uh, I'm quoting, I'm paraphrasing here, or, or definitive. So meaning they're going to wait to see what the United States puts out before they comment on it. And, and our government has released and declassified over 10,000 documents back in 1995 that no one's talking about. And a lot of people do write books about it and talk about the idea and speculate. They do some research. It's been in the news a couple of times, but no one's actually investigating that. That's what I'm doing. I'm investigating it, looking in the past to understand the future. And I've looked at a couple of documents here and it points the finger at Germany right from right from the right from the get go in the Cold War, from the just from the select documents that I've I've um, I've reviewed because I have a lot. I have a lot for many different reasons. Um, the. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, was, I forgot to tell the uh, fans that, 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 that yeah you have a um well this is just being pre-recorded but you have a really well-produced show you know I, I wanted to tell you that I think you really have a really well put together show like I think it's it's pretty uh, are we talking about the podcast yeah your podcast on YouTube okay. yeah 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 so so thanks so so that that is um uh, that is a different me I mean as a host I I have to be neutral and by and unbiased and and uh, try to allow people uh, to share their experience. Uh, it also is a a great tool that I use um, later on to um, uh, understand the different types of personalities and the different types of uh, experience cases. So I'm I'm studying those people that that come on, uh, you know, as well to try to figure out what they all have in common. So it's a bit of a, a multi-purpose podcast. It's called Beyond the Tinfoil Hat. It's every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern time. It's two hours. Um, but I mean, my cream of my crop, I guess, where I'm starting to get into is I have another show. It's called Uncharted Case Files. It's uh, 12 p.m. Eastern time, Mondays and Thursdays, where I actually break down these these declassified documents that I have. And I talk about what evidence is available and how it is applied and what it actually means and 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 show you how you can come to a unbiased opinion and 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 warn you of, of what could be speculated upon because I, 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 for a living, I work with evidence, uh, and, and evidence is important and I understand hearsay and, and I understand, um, uh, interpretation and influence and manipulation and sales. Like I understand how, how this can spiral really quick. Um, and my goal with that program is to, again, try to just not, tell you to think different just just take the things you already know and align them in such a way so you understand what's fact and what's not and when you have evidence evidence of what you know like you know when someone says i have evidence yes evidence of what though is the question right so and what type of evidence there's many different layers of evidence a lot of what I see is, is hearsay and circumstantial evidence. So because this person saw this, I saw this and I think it's this. So therefore it's this, that's circumstantial. It's not factual. It can't be used unless you, you have a bunch of people in a, in a sample in a study, which we're doing where we can show that these people don't know each other. And we can do a compare and contrast in a controlled and regulated environment, which is what we're doing with the experience or support association on the internet uh you know we have uh, we have a bunch of people looking for answers and then they're taking their um they're formulating their opinions from other people who are commenting and there is no regulation there's no way for them to tell if that's another experience or just sharing an experience uh and whether they had a true and genuine experience there's no uh scientists some scientists are in there but they don't they get frustrated and they leave uh, there's no police officers or anything regulated. That's why I'm in there trying to regulate. And uh, as, actually recently today, uh, I've been working on an anti-bullying campaign um, to uh, just to let people know that the Experiencer Support Association, in order to support experiencers, we, we, we also have to support them when they are bullied and when they are attacked for um, expressing their beliefs and what they understand has happened to them until we have answers. So there's a lot of violence in this community too. And when I'm able to help the experiencers stop being angry and they can reconcile and, and, and remember that they're normal and that it's okay and that we believe them and still accept the possibility that it's a known thing, we have, better, we have a better witness. We have a better um, experiencer. So with us, um, it's not about quantity, it's about quality. So in my study for 2008, 2000, 
I think it's 19, 20, and then I'll be adding 21. So with between 19 and 20, I have 134 experience for cases. I will be, I have 80 cases I haven't completed yet that will be added to that. But out of that 134, only 30 of those, I can't, uh, I'm willing to say that, that I've followed all leads and I can't, I can't link it to a possibility of a known source. And so, so, so with that, that those 30 um, is enough and there's a variance enough for us to be like, okay, here's our baseline. Uh, these are things, these are events, these are people. Here's, here's our study around these ones. And then from there, as we get more, remove the fluff and remove all these other things and do all these other uh, elements. Out of those cases, that the 30 that you can't tie an unknown source to, are yeah. they all gray abductions or are they a mix of like a, a mixed bag of like ghosts yeah, uh, yeah, a mix, a mix of everything. Because what we're doing is we're we're studying the phenomenon through the people. So we we have what's called the created what's called the ultra spectrum classification system, which uh, which allows us to categorize all categories such as UFO, paranormal, consciousness, crop circles, uh, cryptids, all these things. And um, they're they're um, so with that. We're able to repackage it, but I want to compare the experiencers because, because if you call it what there, there's, there's that experience and there's that interpretation, and then there's that label. And when you go to label it, that's these archetypes that were created based on a variance of things. And you can throw TV and all that other stuff into. So we created, I created this system in which I could reprogram you into thinking a different way about the same thing. So that way you can stop fighting with the other side. So as an example, and I'll ask you this question, I always ask this question, but you know, um, what is the difference between a UFO orb and a paranormal orb? Can you tell me the difference? I don't know. I mean, I've had people come on my show and say orbs are consciousness. So I would say that they're, um, they're, they're relatively the same thing. They maybe just be consciousness. Like mm-hmm. uh, that, that would be my. Uh, so that would be an interpretation of, of the method or how it comes to be, which is the next level. But in terms of, of, of collecting the evidence, uh, we, we, we group that into uh, the first category is called sensory display. So uh, essentially what that does is that allows all senses to be um, considered. So not everybody can see them in 3D. Some people see them in their mind. And even though they're seen in their mind, uh, that is a method in which they're able to, to see them. Or even if they're seeing them in what they believe to be 3D, we don't know for sure if that's 3D unless there's a fit, uh, documenta- uh, documentation. So if there's a, a video or a picture, then we can confirm that it was in the 3D spectrum. But it, a lot of the nine times out of 10, it's seen in their mind. And how do you prove that, right? So, so then we get into analytical or analogical evidence and so drawings and we compare and contrast that later on. But uh, some sensor was triggered. Some people feel them and then they look up and then they see a light. So maybe they didn't, maybe that light has nothing to do with what they felt you know, vice versa, or it could be, but then there's that feeling. So that allows all those senses to be categorized. So then the next type would be either aerial, um, either aerial activity or paranormal activity. And by, and to separate those aerial activity would be anything that's in the sky, anything because it's in the air. Paranormal would be anything that's on the ground um, that, that would constitute in that paranormal uh, spectrum. Um, and then when you get into aerial activity, it silos into two types. It's either a machine or a light because of the characteristics that, that are reported. So a machine would be, you know, some sort of engineering, some sort of electronic, some sort of propulsion or, or movement design. And then a light simply would be some sort of like a star or, or an orb or things like that too. Um, and then that's, that's the end of it. And then from there, um, the witness and experiencer could decide to call it a UAP or a UFO, or a paranormal orb, or a UFO orb, they can call it whatever they want. That's a label. That doesn't matter because that's interpretation. But we all agree that it's a light that's in the sky. It's, it's active in the sky. And some sensory was, was activated. So when we have all that, um, and another example would be a category called visitation. So visitation kind of splits into uh, a various type of uh, of categories, but I think off the top of my head, it's it's uh, it's either uh, physical visitation or mental visitation. So so we all want to keep track of whether or not these entities or or beings or whatever that you call them had had 
uh, approach to in this physical world in front of you or in your mind. And then whether it was invited or uninvited, meaning did you meditate or were you sleeping? Did you call for it and then it happened or did, did it just happen out of the blue? So when we have these grouped and categorized in such a way and without labeling them, we have, uh, and you look at the pictures and the visuals, you'll see a variance of what looks like grays, what looks like reptilians, what looks like uh, shadow figures and all these other things. But we're not calling that. That's what you're calling that. And that's, and then we're going to have to recategorize what these are. But what brings us together is that this group of people are being visited. Some of them are inviting them. Some of them are not. Some of them um, are, are seeing them in 3D. Some of them are seeing them in the, uh, in the ultra spectrum. Uh, sorry, I'm on my cat there. Uh, in the ultra spectrum. Um, and then what we do is a deeper dive to understand what these people have in common so we can manipulate an experiment where in theory, the best ex experiencer that fits the criteria in those categories, in theory, would be able to make contact so 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 these are so so when you look at astral uh, astral projection you look at out of body experience you look at meditation and when we talk about consciousness these are all these are all methods that are used to reach a place and that place may be the same place we call it the ultra spectrum some people call it the ether some people call it the interdimension those are labels our label is ultra spectrum so that way it shows that everything is connected but once we establish, you know, what characteristics allow these people to enter that place by such method, then we can group them and then make contact. If it's possible, my cat just knocked his cat food down. Sorry about that. That's all right. um, um, so OBE and ND, like, do you have OBE and NDE experiencers as well? Yes, we do. Um, and, and, and that, that is more of a, a mental experience, a, uh, and, and they will, they will describe what they see and what they feel. And when they draw it, we can compare what they see. So if I get someone who's drawing like an annex or a doorway or something like that through a near death experience, that's a, that's a way in which they, their consciousness went to this place. But then I see someone who meditates and then all of a sudden they saw something or remote viewing and then they draw something. And then I know that these two people don't know each other and I'm looking at the images and, and the only difference is maybe a color uh, or orientation perhaps. And they're very similar at that point, we can start to suggest that these people are connecting to the same place. Yeah. Um, but, but this person had to nearly die in order to reach said place. And this person was able to intentionally, so that's an unintentional, uh, and, and an intentional, uh, uh, attempt to reach somewhere because when we meditate, when we remote view, when we do all these things, we want to connect with something, but we don't know what we're connecting to, where we're connecting to, or who we're connecting to. And it's also possible through consciousness that I'm learning that we might be connecting with ourselves or other human beings in other places in time that are trying to connect to the ether as well. And the responses we're getting back may be from humans. So as an example, you're, you're a human being who's meditating that needs the, the answer. So you meditate and you ask the great divine uh, or whatever you call it uh, for an answer. And then you got someone down the street or down the road or in Africa, another place, right? Meditating and just saying, I want to give light out to the world today. And I'm going to send a very positive message to anyone who needs it. How do you know that these two people didn't actually just cry, uh, just just receive the same message? So that person put that out, that's and then all of a sudden this person received it, but they believe it to be divine because that's what they hoped and what they asked for. But it could just be us helping each other through this this evolution. Yeah. So my study shows that that it's it's there's human element to this, um, and that is being overlooked. The assumption that that it comes from outer space or from inner space or for something else, I want to get rid of that idea and start investing in ourselves. Because if we are capable of un unlocking this as human beings, um, then we'll get to the answer quicker instead of instead of wanting to see something on the outside to give us the answers. But we 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 know the answers if we look within. I have a if if it is us, then that that has to we have to start looking at like well how extreme is the brain and like and mm -hmm. and what is exactly our consciousness because how powerful is it that we can you know we can remote just remote viewing in general I'll just say an example I mean I have people on about all these that you just talked about so like I'm mm -hmm. pretty familiar like you know like remote viewing you're projecting your consciousness out and you're seeing 
Mars or what you think is, you know, and mm -hmm. with, with remote viewing, like people get like a lot of different results. And I've heard like some things on remote viewing where I'm like, well, how do we know that's for sure? Because like, you know, like it, it's like, um, you know, people have said they were remote viewed aliens. People have said they were remote viewed. I mean, like you get the whole gamut on what people have remote viewed, but it's like, you know, it's just like you said, like, what, what are we reaching out to and what are they seeing? Cause like, it could also be like, a, um, like, a, um, uh, like somewhat of a, but something your mind's making up. Right. I mean, like it, it, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not for sure. Right. I, I don't know. I mean, what and, and that that's why it's very important where I come in is I help you break it down to the source, break it down to the root, remove all the fluff and understanding the, the possibilities of speculation and, and, and assumption. And then at least let you know, yeah, that's a belief, but that's not factual. You're entitled to that belief. Just, you know, uh, but just understand that, that that doesn't confirm that doesn't mean it's true. Uh, and, and, you know, and I work with all that stuff and break it down. We have a better understanding of what it could be. Uh, and then people move on. And then I learn that. It's, it's well what's happening here and the reason why this is successful at this low level um is is because <clears throat> because I'm, I'm looking at this as a, a community policing uh, aspect uh, i i view these i view these um i don't view these abductions um as something fun and and phenomenal i i i view these as crime uh i don't i don't you know because there's also sexual assault there's also um, uh, invasion of privacy. If, if, if an extraterrestrial or even a human being has the ability to enter your mind without invitation, that's invasion of privacy. Yeah. So, so I, 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 I look at this phenomenon way different than everybody else. And I'm misunderstood, uh, quite often. Um, and that's because I'm not looking, I'm looking for crime. I'm looking to figure out who is responsible for this and, and not what it's like a who, and, and in doing so, I've been researching and studying the people that create influence that have the responsibility of telling people what they think it is and what they believe and things like that. Cause it's not just Richard Dolan. I mean, Richard Dolan is great. Uh, and I do, I do endorse uh, some of the stuff that he does. There's some things I don't, I wouldn't endorse because I haven't reviewed the evidence myself, but I mean, but there are people that, that um, don't need to review it and would just like, accept it as, as fact. Um, and that's an issue, but I mean, that's to their prerogative and it could be accurate. Maybe they've done the research. I just haven't done it. So I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just, there's that, there's that, there's that underlining Messiah kind of complex where a lot of people are looking for answers. And there's these influencers out there that could say the right thing, could say the wrong thing. And there's consequences for that. It's like anybody can come up with a story nowadays. That's the hard mm. part about this. And I guess why I give you so much credit for what you're doing. So trust me, I'm not misunderstanding you. I think what you're doing is really smart and it's really intelligent. And I'll tell you what, Thank like, you. I, I, I'm just, the reason why I'm skeptical, I, like I said last night on my shot that I want to believe, because I do, I want to believe that these things, these things exist because I'm a believer. I'm a, I'm a skeptic, but I'm, believe, I'm more open-minded. Okay. But I just feel like a lot of stories are being said with if no factual evidence and to to you you couldn't get away with saying these things in court but people are being praised for them and, and you will you will eventually be able to say this and that's the other way that i'm prepping my i'm doing case files i'm not doing a research paper i'm not doing a white paper i'm not i'm not doing um you know a book deal uh, i'm creating case reports uh, of course they're in book format for anyone who wants to learn uh, how to investigate but uh, I'm, I'm building a case so that way I could go to parliament um, and uh, I could get questions answered. So, so I always, with this disclosure part, I mean, this fight for disclosure and we have these rights and protesting and, and standing up, those are methods, those are tools, those are ways that could be used. Um, but it also creates hostility and also doesn't allow them to uh, give you the answer. And it also shows an example of what happens when you don't get what you want. So if there's anything they wanted to give somebody and all of a sudden, like, can you imagine you want to give a raise to an employee? They've done really well. And all of a sudden, because you didn't tell them soon enough, they started getting mad. And then you're thinking to yourself, should I still give that person that raise right now? I can't, but they don't know that you wanted to give them that raise. So it's really, it's really, it's really conflicting. So, so my approach uh, towards disclosure is collect the evidence, collect the, um, the um, data, and then ask 
better questions. So, so uh, ha- and to the right people at the right time and don't fight for it and ask for help, not for answers, ask for help. So as an example, uh, I've always used in the Canadian case in Edmonton, Alberta, um, we had a civilian report, um, a, a UFO. Uh, he had videotape of it. So there's, a, there, there's evidence of it. It exists in this world. It can be used. It can be traced. It can be measured by, you know, by, you know, by all these other things. So I was able to confirm through that, doc, through that video that the, the event occurred. Uh, something was in the sky. There was nothing on, on radar uh, that we knew about that we have access to. Okay? So just because we have, don't have access to the government stuff doesn't mean it's not possible. Uh, but it had a flight path and a second witness that was in direct line with a um, with a military base, Canadian Forces military base, uh, Edmonton. But it, this one here had been shut down many years ago. So I thought that was odd. It was still in that direction, but it was shut down. There's that conspiracy that, you know, hey, maybe maybe it's underground tunnels, but we don't know that. But if you continue the trajectory further on, uh, then you then you see the actual new base of where the where they moved it to. So there could be a connection between those two bases. So it's directly in line. So then I do an access to information request um, to the Canadian government asking them the specific question, because I know I have the evidence. They do not. So are you aware that there was an object? Uh, did anything go over your base on this date and time? Can you check your radar? Can you check this? Can you check that? So they come back and say, no record found. So if that is the whole like method or, or reason of what they do as, as per protocol to tell you that there's nothing found, then I come back with them since I already have the evidence in the case prep saying, well, can you explain to me what this video is? Because I can confirm that it was over your base uh, at this date and time. So then I got back a better answer that said, we're not, con- we're not saying the event didn't happen. We're saying we don't have record of it. And then I had responded back saying, okay, well, you don't, why wouldn't you keep record of something like this? Is this, are we in danger? So I'm not asking the A question. I'm asking, I'm pointing out that the government was unaware of this factual thing being over their airbase at a particular time and they didn't document it. So then I ask if we're in danger. And then the response I got back is that someone else, people are aware of the object and we just haven't documented it yet. So, so, so does that mean it's military? Does that mean it's alien? Does it mean it's UFO? No, it just means I asked the right question when I had the evidence. So I prepped it for court. So when I get enough cases like that, then I can go with experiencer cases. My angle is not for disclosure. My angle is, is letting them know that because we don't have a definitive answer, this group of people um, are victim to bullying, this uh, victim to suicide, victim to uh, poor mental health, PTSD, and trauma. So I need your help to help me give these people services while investigating the phenomenon, taking in consideration that it's possible um, so that we, we can get our people mental health services at the same time studying the phenomenon, not asking them to confirm, just making them aware that their lack of confirming is hurting us more uh, than they realize. And at that point, it becomes a social movement. It becomes a, a people movement. And at that point, I think we'll start to get some answers. That's, that's amazing. That's, that's, that's really well said. And that's, um, that's, that's exactly what people need to do. That's, I, I, I think that's that- what we're doing. That's exactly what we're doing. And it's done in private. Why? Because these people um, do not want to come forward because they get victimized. They get bullied. They get made fun of. They, they get attacked. And who are they going to turn to? They're yeah. turn, they don't. So they're, I'm, I'm not a police officer, um, but I, I, I understand the police uh, policing model. Um, and I'm, I'm a private investigator. I do security as well. So I understand de-escalation and uh, mental health act and things like that too. So I, I just look at it as I'm just trying to de-escalate and trying to understand. And I'm looking for who's responsible. And, and the evidence shows that the only people that can give me the answer is the government. And if at the same time, accepting the possibility that maybe they don't know. So then I focus on getting the people help through other means, which is, you know, mental health support. But in order to get mental health support for the phenomenon, uh, we need to find mental health specialists that are willing to uh, not be biased to it. Yeah. Um, and that's another, that's another approach. Hypnotherapy, you know, like a lot of yeah. people are doing like 
hypnosis because uh, they can regress the people. I mean, you know, I, I, it's, it's, it's better, you know, it's better than nothing. Like, because like, you know, a lot of these people are qualified therapists too. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know if a lot of your people use that, but I know a lot of experiencers I go, I talk to, they, they go to regression and, you know, um, some people, they have mixed results. Some people like it. Some people don't. Some people, you know. So it depends on what, what they use regression for. So to me, I mean, it's, 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 that's where it's convoluted. So like if, if, a, if a report comes in, there is a trauma assessment. So we kind of triage, you know, based on their perception, you know, was this a negative event and are they in a, in, in a crisis in the moment? Whether we believe them or not, we need to establish that if there's a crisis so we can deescalate. So in order to deescalate it, it may be uh, a referral to uh, Reiki or um, therapy of some sort within the pseudosciences. Um, however, uh, in terms of investigations, um, I don't necessarily want to tamper the uh, or tamper my investigation. Yeah. So, so I would I would get the investigative report first. They would work with the experiencer as much as I can, make a referral to like we have what's called Experiencers Anonymous, where they can just show up anonymously through a Zoom call or something like that, and just listen to others or share their experience, not judge, just something to get it off their chest, and to be in that private community you know, it might refer something like that while I'm working with the experiencer. And then once we get to a point where it's like, okay, we've gone, followed all the leads. There's a point in your, in your event where um, you can't remember. And it's important enough for us to unlock that or try to unlock that. So, because there's a potential of us getting more. So I have to build the case first before I send them for regression, because once I send them for regression, it's somebody who has a, 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 a if we don't refer to them who we prefer, but they choose somebody else, that's, that's who they're comfortable with. But we also have to take in consideration that as soon as that is unlocked, some of them might instill the belief. And if they, and once they're unlocked and they believe that it's whatever they, they need it to be, I can't really go back to that unbiased uh, science, uh, uh, investigative approach with this, with this witness. Um, so uh, I would have to do that in strategy, uh, accepting the possibility that I'll get more information and at the same time lose the experiencer because they're for now they're in treatment. Um, and, and, and that's okay because that's what we want. Um, it's just a matter of when and, and, and where. But the, the other thing is, it's because I have a prep case and we'll take an example. Um, uh, this is a case that I've had before in the past, uh, a few of them, several um, where there was uh, the belief that they were sexually molested by extraterrestrial beings. So we go through everything and there, and, and all these other stuff. And then, and then we get this case built up and we talk about it and how they believe that, what it was like, and all these other things, get all this data and then send them for regression. And then through that, we learn through regression that when they were brought back to that place in time, they're not describing an extraterrestrial, they're describing a family member. And then now we're entering into a criminal case uh, and, and didn't, and we didn't realize that, that, that the trauma that happened at a young age, they, they applied the CT phenomenon as a way to cope, a coping mechanism. And then now we're in this legal obligation where we need to make a report to the police. I already have a case file. I can assist with that. We make an arrest and then we give the person actual treatment for these things in the real world, uh, in the way, and, and still help the experiencer because the, the other part too, is, is when they come to us is it's, it's. I believe them right away, but I don't always believe that what they think they experienced is what they actually experienced. And that's why that's what we're working through is to make sure that if you think it was a UFO, let's confirm that it fits within those parameters because it could be something else. Yeah, but how do you know all the time that it was a, a relative? Like, like, is that just like? Well, 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 that would come out that would come out through through the testimony of the experiencer in the session. So when we make referrals, we have contracts uh, with with people that work with us. So if they select one on their own, that's 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 their own prerogative. But if they take one that is referral with us, we can exchange the information of that because there's consent. Um, and and then then when we get that report back and we learn that because it's videotaped or, or 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 recorded, right? And all that consent is taken ahead of time. So if the, if the experiencer isn't comfortable with that, we wouldn't move through with that and then encourage you. This is, this is, this is what we recommend. Go find one on your own and then come back to us when you can. 
so so it gets documented uh and but the testimony comes from the experiencer themselves we don't assume we don't we don't speculate we don't uh, uh we don't mislead or drive them down the ones we refer them to and of course it's private because these are people who actually have the certifications that can't come forward about it because they will lose their licenses but they are uh credible uh, they, they are they are uh, licensed to do so yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty awesome. I have one more question for you. Um, what is the interconnected, the UFO and paranormal retreat? So that, um, as soon as we're able to put boots on the ground and and uh, and build something, that that is going to be our conference uh, style. That is going to include uh, research. Uh, sorry, our research and our investigations. Other other people who do investigations, of course, it's going to include. Um, teaching so i'm going to teach people we teach people how to um you know reach consciousness teach people how to investigate we're going to teach people uh how to solve this stuff for their own so that way when when it comes to making a report they've ruled out a lot of these known easy things so that way we're focusing only on the uh on the stuff that uh that's been weeded out um just so it's more efficient right because we've got a lot of a lot of cases to work through and there's a lot of people need to learn your mic went out oh yeah no there's people fighting downstairs oh can you can i pause this is pre-recorded right oh yeah let me pause it hold on let me be right back to finish up finish up we were talking about the last question i had for you was uh you um let me repeat it let me pull up my notes it was the um the uh the the interstellar the uh no no the the ufo and paranormal retreat your planet yeah, so I forget where I kind of left off there before I was interrupted. Um, but essentially, it's going to be a, um, a con- or this is our conference, so our, our expo or, or whatever you want to whatever you want to call it. But we're calling it a retreat because we want it to feel uh, feel good. We want it to feel nice as an experiencer, and we want the experiencers to experience things. So this conference type setting, so this retreat, uh, will be comprised of. Uh, teaching so i'll teach you some classes from our academy uh, on how to investigate the phenomenon uh, and some other stuff some other spectrums um, we'll have some people teaching uh, experiencers how to make contact or or methods and meditation self-healing and maybe maybe learn how to do hypnosis like we're going to basically have a combination of those to teach and educate the experiencer so they can do it on their own um, so they don't have to wait so long to get help uh, and, and and at the same time we're going to have at this point at the retreat, since we're all together, the experiencers that have made it to the unknown list, they'll have experiencer ID cards. So we've been giving them, we'll be assigning them numbers that only we know and they know, um, and they can choose whether or not to identify as an experiencer or not. But with those cards, um, they come into to the retreat section and, uh, and what, what that'll do is allow us to actually experiment um, in real time with real people. And what we're going to do is, is do some contact events um, and, and try to make contact uh, in all spectrums, paranormal, UFO, uh, consciousness, even search for Bigfoot. Like, I mean, like, I mean, there's like, it's these all these tools and, and things that we can educate people on. And what we want to do is not just have the experiencers feel uh, uh, together uh, and network with each other so they don't feel alone. We also want to inspire a new generation to investigate all phenomenons through this through this way how you can investigate it all together so for me um an investigation is the same i just need to know the who what when and and where um and then once i have all of that then then i have to compare all these things to other things to determine the the why and the how uh, the motive and the intent so 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 to me if i teach people how to investigate properly then these researchers that we have and investigators that we have that are doing this on their own will be able to do better. Um, I can't stop them. And, and, and I, I don't want to tell them not to do what they're doing. They're pushing the phenomenon. They're keeping it going. They're helping. But they are making mistakes because they're not educated on the investigative process. So by, by, by doing these things, I'm hoping to improve the quality so we get better data. And because we don't have better evidence, that's why we're not getting anywhere. Yeah, then that makes so much sense. It starts, it starts here with the people. And a lot of everything that we have right now are focusing on themselves and the ideas and everything else. And they're at this age where they're retiring. You know, there is no new generation of, of, of investigators in Canada. I'm the only one 
that is pushing the agenda for disclosure here in Canada. Uh, and before that, there was, I mean, Grant Cameron is still doing it, but he's focused on uh, in America. Uh, and that's where his forte is. And that's where his research has brought him to. Uh, and that's kind of where he is. And if you get disclosure in America, you get disclosure here in Canada. So there, 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 he is uh, indirectly fighting for disclosure in Canada. He's just not focused on Canada. And then there was another guy that was doing stuff for a while, but the government was giving him information and he was keeping it private and didn't share and he sold it. So there's, you know, I'm all, I'm all we got, but at the same time, I could use some help. So, so I'm, I'm trying to get all these things established where I can teach people, I can show people and, and educate them on how investigations work. Cause a lot of people call themselves investigators, but they're not, they don't understand the process. And if they understood the process and they could do it better and then uh, submit their evidence to me as well, because this the experience of support association, um, is a media broadcasting company for one. So what that does is it takes this con this information and makes it public. But the company that does the investigations is my private investigating firm. So it's Blacklight Investigative and Surveillance Services. So so I want to be distinctive about that is that is that these are these are actual licensed private investigators that are doing the cases um, and and getting the sources and doing these and all these other stuff that I pay them to do through 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 the companies. So so it's you know, it's something we don't have is something we need. And then if we get disclosure, then I'll, or we get something from the government at that level, then I can compare my work with their work. Um, but right now, everything in between is, is garbage in terms of evidence, but there's a lot of intent. There's a lot of motive. There's uh, sorry, a lot of um, want and need and passion. Uh, and there's a lot, uh, there's a lot of people trying, but no one is teaching. You, you, yeah. you get what I'm saying? So yeah. if, if I, I don't want to control them, I want to teach them what I know, find other teachers to teach them what they know, to take what they're already doing and make it a little bit better. And if we can make it a little bit better, we also have a platform in which you can contribute to our science and our research. And, and we, the association promotes everyone that contributes, not just me. Right now, I'm the main contributor because I'm creating the product. I'm creating the idea. I'm doing these pro these podcasts to let you guys know that we exist. But Tessa will only grow uh, if I have more investigators and more people from different places in the world processing the data in the way that I show you so it makes sense. And, and you don't have to start from scratch. You just take what you already got and repackage it in this way. Uh, and, and it's going to be really, really fun and, and easy. And you'll start to be able to connect the dots because also um on our website so our website is tessacan.org t-e-s-a-c-a-n.org um that stands for tessa canada but we are international um just my my i'm canadian so we focus on canadian businesses in canada so it's just that's where that canada comes from but we're not uh we help everyone we have friends in australia we have friends in america we have friends in europe uh we have friends everywhere so um the um so with that I lost my train of thought. Damn it. Where was I going with that? I think you were just kind of like tying it all together and finishing. Oh, no. So the website. So the website, um, once our website as it is right now uh, is being remade. So there's a new website that's, that's in development, but it's going to have an enhanced version of my reporting system and the visual evidence database. So what that is essentially is whenever we get a case that we can't, that we consider to be unknown, uh, that will go and be marked in, uh, in several ways. One, through proximity. So you'll see where the event occurred. Um, and you'll also see a timeline. So when the event occurred, you'll also see uh, Tessa Most Wanted. So what occurred. So, these, so you'll see what they look like. Um, and then from there, we'll also have an association. So you'll be able to see what organizations were involved with which cases or what people were present at what meetings and what groups. So you'll start to see an association of these names that also that get overlooked. So when you get a declassified document, there's a lot of information in there, but you're really just reading it, looking, you're just reading it until you, you see the words UFOs exist. It won't say that in the one document, but when when people do freedom of information requests, um, they it's like it's like Babel, right? You got to bring everything together, and once you bring everything together, 
and timeline it and, and put it in proximity. You can measure the patterns and then you'll see the patterns of the people. And then you get a person of interest. And when you get a person of interest, that's who you locate. And if that person's dead, well, a private investigator would be able to take that information to find out who their family members are and contact their next of kin and see if anything has been left behind. So, so, so you know, there, there's a way to get this answer. It's just, I'm starting five years, uh, I'm five years into it, and I'm starting like what, 80 years too late? <laughs> well, no, you're, I think you're in the right time because, like, just to finish all up everything, like, where I think we're in the time of disclosure. I, I mean, and I don't even think we really, I mean, in a way, we kind of need it from the government, but in a way, we don't because we already know something exists. I mean, if we could kind of, if we could find a way to tie it together, but like you said, that's what's so hard about, about tying it together. It's kind of like, we do need them to say something because you want that evidence. And I think that's what's so most important about what you do is you're looking for evidence. And I think that's one of the most admirable things somebody could do, to be honest with you. Like in my mind, that's, that's one of the most admirable things somebody can do because that's you're looking for the truth you're like me you're looking for the truth you want to know what's exactly going on and if it's human that's what it is if it's alien that's what it is but you're saying this is what it is and it's evidence right yeah and and and, and it comes from the whole fact that i established that even though i don't have um you know as many followers as as these these other people in here there's that power of influence and it is growing and it is going rapidly and i do get people asking me questions and, and I want to, I, I'm tired of saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And I want, you know, I, I, and, and I don't want to lead them in a path that could be wrong. I mean, I know, you know, and, and, and I've established that, that even through this, this, this thing here, people might follow me and then the influence grows. So it's very important that we have someone that is neutral, that understands the people, understands the political role understands the challenges between the people and the politics and the need for politics. We understand the scientific community and the needs and when and all that other stuff. We understand all the parties involved. Um, so that way we can mediate between all the parties. So that way we can get the answers because there's a, there's, there's that de-escalation part. And when you de-escalate, like what I, what I did, uh, you know, so I had a bit of a personal issue in the middle of this podcast. I'll say that here uh, as an example you hit the pause button, I came back. Um, but that was just so I could de-escalate the problem um, in the present time. And it's going to take some time once it's de-escalated to talk to all the parties that are involved to figure out why that happened. Uh, and then from there, decide, you know, how much of that was factual, how much of that was um, uh, useful, how much of that was true. And then what are we, what are we left with? Because let's face it, if you're alone in your bedroom, you're private, you're in your house, the door is locked and you're sleeping and you wake up in the middle of the night and you see something standing there, whether it's a ghost, a human or a figment of your imagination, that is terrifying. Yeah, it is. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and we have to deal with that panic and the thought of, 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 of technology evolving the pos all the possibilities exist, the technology to do it. It's just associating the thoughts in the process. And then we need to just double check that. Okay. Now that you were there, did you check the doors were locked? Okay. Was it a nightmare while I was sleeping? Well, then it's possible. So let's, would you, what would you rather believe that you were sleeping and you had a nightmare and, 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 or that someone visited you. And, and then, okay, so then we got to look at the experience here again and be like, okay, well, what else have you experienced in your life? So here's another thing too. It's not just a case by case. One case on its own uh, could be debunked, but if we work with the experience here, it's, it's like, okay, do you have more experiences in your life? Yeah. Okay. We'll report them all. So we, 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 we debunk some uh, UFO ones, some paranormal ones, some, some cryptid ones. We find some rational answers for it. And then, but there's like out of 10, there's like two that we can't figure out or say three. So, so, so we just did 13 cases for this one individual and, and there's three of them that we can't figure out. So they've accepted those, those, uh, those other ones, but just not these ones that we're working on. So then we timeline them. So one is a visitation, one is a paranormal event, and one is consciousness event. Three different things happening three different times in their life, but they're connected. And how are they connected through the experiencer? And what we start to see as a pattern is that the first earliest experience is some sort of contact event. So whereas they've seen a UFO or they've seen some extraterrestrial, 
they don't see anything ever since. So they don't think anything of it. Then all of a sudden they have this weird sensation, this weird feeling, paranormal activity, like poltergeist, things are moving. They think ghosts. And then later on uh, in their life, they have this consciousness uh, meditation event where they're starting to see all these things, but they don't take in consideration that maybe that was the index event. And then over time, the human evolved. Yeah. And, that, and then what you're experiencing now is the evolution of the psychic ability that may have been gifted or created at that indexed event. And in order to prove that association that they're all connected, we have to look at the experiencer and we have to look at everything that they went through from the beginning to the end, rule everything out. And that, and that's what I've done with these 30 people. That's amazing. Well, I, I want to, I want to see if I could have you on again, because I have to do another podcast. At yeah, no worries. Anytime, um, really. I, I, this was amazing. I'd like to talk to you more because you have some really good information, man. This is awesome. Like, I, I appreciate that you did a little bit of research and a little bit of uh, work beforehand that you asked direct questions for me. I like that. I, I, I don't like to go all over the place and I, and I appreciate that. So the next time you bring me on, just I'll answer more of your questions and, and then we'll go from there. That's awesome, man. Thank you. I mean, I, I, uh, I really appreciate someone that's like looking for real evidence and like, and trying to find the answers to this. And I, I'll stay tuned to your podcast to see what answers you come up with. And I'm sure my audience will too. And because, you know, I, I always stress that to my audience that like, that, you know, we're looking for the truth. And that's a big thing. Like, you know, because even in conspiracies, I look for the truth too, like false flags, all that stuff. Like it's all there's a truth. There's a truth in everything. And, and I'll, I, you know, here's a good example. I also talk to people who believe the earth is flat. So, so, so that is controversial, but they're, they're people too. And I will tell you, you followers out there that really hate, you know, the idea of, of the earth being a different shape that it is. And if you just, but at the same time, you guys do have something in common. And if you really want to prove definitively once and for all that the moon landing was fake, talk to a flat earther because they have more evidence to prove that that moon landing was fake than any ufologist I've ever talked to that thinks the same thing. Yeah. They're, they have good evidence on everything except the, it doesn't necessarily mean that the, it doesn't matter the shape of the earth. The problem that they're still fighting the fact and the idea that we're not being told the entire truth. And, 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 and the thing is with the flat earth theory and is that's the ultimate lie, <laughs> the yeah. ultimate lie. And that's why a lot of people lose their mind over it because it's so impossible. But what if? And, 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 and it's just as possible as anything else that these people are fighting for too. And unity is also the thing that I'm fighting for is taking the best of every single perspective, every single phenomenon and creating an association that, that, that is, um, that's heroing these beliefs. And yeah. understands this, but coming together at this round table and trying to understand what is actually happening on. And the only constant that we have right now is the people. And, yeah. uh, and those, those are the experiencers. And that's the only thing that we can measure right now is what these people have in common. And then we can kind of weed that all out. So if the government is lying, then there's a tool. It doesn't matter what conspiracy that is. That's the fact that we're trying to determine. And what are they lying about? And just because they lied about one thing, does they mean they lied about anything else? Then we have an issue of trust, which is why we need mental health services to determine whether or not this is a trust issue and, and you know, parental and things like that too. It's a big can of worms. But it starts with the experiencer and it starts with you making a report. So go to www.testacan.org forward slash reporting system. Make a report, make a difference. And All right, uh, that's well said. We'll end it right there. And I'll be in yeah. touch for the future, man. Thanks. Yeah, cool. No problem. Have a good night.